sure. Um, how much to say this morning, or whether to split it in two, um, because now we have two branches, uh, two parallel streams to our practice, um, with the metta and what Catherine was talking about last night. <coughs> so, let's see how it goes. Um, just really instructions this morning, uh, quite simple. So with the matter yesterday Catherine introduced the category of the difficult person <coughs> and as we said quite a few times we're we're basically moving towards this fullness of of what the matter is that the the ideal aspiration of the matter is all beings all beings without exception uh, <coughs> completely limitless and boundless the the extent and the radius of the matter, so that the, the loving kindness embraces all beings without any um, exclusion. So that's what we're going to be introducing this morning. In a way, you know, we could have gone much slower with the whole thing um, and sort of spaced the categories more even. This will be the, obviously the last category. Um, but what, what we'll have from now on is we'll have... Uh, six categories of metta that you can choose from. So you'll have um, self, the easiest person, the friend, the neutral, the difficult, and all beings. There's sort of six gears that the metta practice can be in. And from now on, this point in the retreat, um, with the metta practice, (coughs) um, having that sense of the availability of all six categories, and just like, what, what works right now? What's helpful in the metta right now? And am I trying to get the fire going, or am I trying to stretch the heart a little bit where it perhaps doesn't want to go? Uh, to be flexible with that sense of, of choosing from these categories in any sitting or in any period, of, you know, sub-period of a sitting, um, to mix them up and just uh, choose in that way. You know, some well, I get to this. Sometimes, actually, all beings is easier than any single person. It's, uh, there's a way that it's very simple. I'll talk about them. So it's very simple. Sometimes it feels like too much to do all beings, and you need to be more with oneself or one specific friend or whatever it is. And <clears throat> just to touch on something I've uh, mentioned before, it can be, and we said this. You know, it can be really, really healing over a period of time to really emphasize the metta to oneself and really give oneself that tenderness and that care and that holding and receiving that um, oftentimes we haven't so much or we may be in need of. Uh, and so l- weighting the metta practice towards oneself can be hugely skillful and can sometimes be unskillful. <laughs> you know, this goes with everything in practice. Um, if I am giving metta to another person, I am meditating and the metta is going to another person, or to all beings, there's a very w- real way that I'm getting, I am getting healed in that process. It's almost like this energy has to move through me on its way out to other beings. I, can't, I cannot reach other beings without saturating my body and touching me. Sometimes the, the sense I like told you whenever it was the other night, I just want to hunker down in my little cocoon of metta to myself. And actually, 
it, it cannot not uh, pervade me on its way out. Do you, do you see that? Um, and I wonder sometimes, it, it, the inclination is very understandable, and I've uh, done it in the past as well, and it's been very fruitful, but sometimes when it's, I just want to give the matter to myself, I wonder sometimes if that, sometimes if that can partly be connected with this fear, really, uh, that can, that a person can have, is a sense of there not being enough love to go around. There's not enough, and I better keep it here. There's only so much, and I've only got so much, and there's only so much in the universe, and I better make sure that I get my share and not squander it uh, <laughs> to all these other people. <laughs> um, so, you know, like so many things, there's not a right and a wrong answer. What's, what's right is to have the openness of questioning. That's what's right, rather than there's a right answer and there's a wrong answer. And is that questioning alive, and am I open to considering how I'm doing things? And it might be that one really wants to emphasize the meta towards the self. But to keep, keep that openness and that questioning alive. So when we get to uh, the loving-kindness to all beings, there's different kind of techniques that you can use. And I, I actually don't mind... Uh, which techniques? So one way is uh, that's quite popular for people to, to to use is by direction. So it's so to speak all um, all beings to the north. Actually, that's uh, east, but never mind. All beings to, you could all beings in front. You could say all beings to the north, all beings to the south, all beings to the uh, west, and all beings to the east, all beings to the up, and all beings to the down. That's six. All beings to the north <laughs> east, <laughs> all beings to the northwest, all beings to the north southeast, and all beings to the southwest. Some people even go all beings to the north northwest. <laughs> <laughs> so if that's your cup of tea, go for it. Um, honestly, that's really, really fine. It can help. Um, they're all beautiful ways of practicing. Um, that's not my particular favorite, but it's actually, it's actually very nice. Another possibility is categories of being. Okay, so you do something like all insects, all humans, all um, uh, mammals, you know, all um, small furry mammals, all um, you know, all slithering things, etc. All angelic beings, what you know, whatever. And being all men or women or children, it's, uh, you can split up in, in lots of different ways. You can be quite creative there. Um, so that could be very interesting, you know, if you want to explore that. You can also combine these two methods. So, you know, all small furry animals to the north-northwest. <laughs> if you want. <laughs> Have fun with it. Um, so that, that all that's possible. What I would... Uh, my preference, and, and it, it, I'll give you a reason for this, my preference is actually to be much simpler and kind of just going from this body sense that we've, we've um, been developing, this openness to the body and the sense of the, the energy of the body and the space of the body, it's actually just that begins radiating out. And this kind of um, sphere of light, of meta, of en- energy, whatever it is, begins just radiating like a ball. It's just a ball, and it just goes 360 degrees and in all directions. And so it has to touch everything uh, that it encompasses, and eventually it gets infinite. 
You're just opening that out. And what you're really doing then is you're um, starting with this body sense that we've already been you know, emphasizing and that openness of the body, and then just allowing that to expand and allowing the metta to expand with the sense of the metta, the imagination of the metta even, to expand with that. You understand? So, it, in a way, just just spatially, it will then in, encompass uh, all beings very naturally. <coughs> without saying anything. Uh, you can still use the phrases, absolutely, but you could say "may may all beings uh, be da da da" or "may we." That, that, yeah, thank you, Jane. That's important because sometimes. Um, Sometimes persons say, may all beings, and just what's crept in is all beings except me, uh, without even realizing it. So, may we might be interesting as well. But, uh, yeah, you could use the phrases if they're helpful, if they're, if they're feeling like, um, you know, at times the phrases are not so uh, important or helpful, you just let them go. Same, same as before. So, like everything, there's many ways to do it. And even with this sense of spaciousness um, that, that can uh, extend, um, for some people, just like, remember when we said with the body sense, and you can just feel into the body sense and then kind of interpret that as meta. Do you remember we, we talked about Yeah. Um, same with the space, actually. For some people, it's actually uh, allowing themselves to get a sense of really big space. And then just hanging out there, and then realizing that there's um, meta naturally begins to fill that space, just by virtue of the spaciousness of consciousness opening up. Does that make sense? So one obvious way is how we've been doing it, is you do the meta, you just open it up and extend the meta. The other way is just actually letting things become spacious, and just paying attention, very light, very delicate, to the quality of that space. And some people, some people, uh, that that works better actually. Spaciousness first, and then noticing. Oh, look, in that in that space, uh, it has the quality of metta in it. Might be quite subtle. Might be. And with that, uh, or with all this opening to this spaciousness. Um, it can be, it can be, it's, it's possible, I'm not saying it will happen, it's possible, um, that a perception uh, is allowed, let's say. A perception is allowed that, uh, as we're saying just now, it's like the love imbues the space. There, There is this space, the universe is obviously full of space at, at one level, and, and there's a kind of... Uh, it's filled with love, it's filled with matter, and it's, it's a sense of one noticing that, or perceiving that, it's shot through with love, it's love or, or matter is, is, you could say, woven into the fabric of the universe. Um, so it's possible, it's possible that at times, for some people in meta practice, that kind of perception begins to open up, we've actually touched on it in here before, in, I think in a Q&A, the person begins to wonder, well, what is love then? What is love, this, this word, love? And it's this, it's that, define it this way, define it that way. Actually, the, the deeper one goes into practice, the more one sees it's going to always be beyond my concept of it. It's always going to... It's, you can't put it in a box like that, this word, love. Say, so it's this, it's that. Do you remember those little cartoons, Love Is, with the two mm. naked little children? <laughs> it's this, it's that. 
Um, it's all of that, maybe. So all that's good. M- maybe something like that opens up, and if it does, you know, wonderful, beautiful. Um, uh, and fine if it doesn't. It's all good. All these senses of love that we have, all these perceptions, really, is what they are, perceptions of love, uh, they're all all important and they're all good. So sometimes, uh, so I think Julia asked a question one time, sometimes a sense of love is very personal. It's this self to that self and wishing you well. Um, really, really important, really beautiful. And sometimes, for some people in the practice, <coughs> deepens and opens in this way. There's a sense of love being almost something impersonal. To so say it's just in the universe, a kind of mystical perception. Uh, so the human and the mystical, the personal and the impersonal, all of it's there for us, and all of it's important not to kind of, um, what's the word, close the door on one or the other, or, or, or prioritize one or the other even. What's actually really ends up being more significant here is the the change in perception, again we've touched on this in, I think in Q&As and things, <coughs> change in perception. So it's like things open up, practice uh, goes deeper if we use that word, and there are changes in perception. It's, it's, it's the fact that perception changes that's really significant and how it changes. And this has everything to do with emptiness. If we see, and I think, I can't remember if I said this at one point, I see, I have this sense of a problem. I have this sense of a problem, a difficulty. I'm having a difficulty with a person or with something in myself or with a situation. could be here, could be elsewhere. And it really seems like it's a problem. And then because I'm doing the meta practice and I just see, I go in and out. If, I, if I'm really dedicated to the meta practice, putting the time in, it goes in and out of different mind states. Sometimes it's soft and open and relaxed and there's that warmth there. Sometimes I'm tight and contracted and reactive and everything in between. And I just see the mind state swings back and forth, back and forth it swings. And with that the perception changes, the perception changes. And when I feel contracted and reactive, what's my perception of this problem? problematic, right? <laughs> the problem is, is, is definitely, it's definitely a problem. It looks like a problem. It's obvious that it's a problem. It's quite clear. I feel it as a problem. It seems like the problem is in the problem. And as I swing the other way, at times the meta practice begins to open out and warm up a little bit, etc. There's this opening of the body, of the texture of things. And what happens, I can actually sometimes, sometimes it swings enough that I look at that same problem, and where's the problem gone? Have you ever experienced this? It's, <laughs> it's dissolved. We say, in technical Dharma language, um, <laughs> we say, um, the problem is empty of inherent problemness. It's empty of inherent problems. It's not really a problem without me making it a problem. I have to make a problem. Nothing in itself is a problem. By itself, independent of me. We say it's empty. It's empty of inherent problemness. Problemitude, or whatever the word. <laughs> you understand? 
But we can see this. We say, how many times do I need to see that? Till I get it, till the coin really, really drops, and I, and I cannot any more believe in the inherent problemness of things. And then, what is it to move through life, knowing that in the heart? Answer yes. What's that? On how many times? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the answer? I don't know. Millions. Oh. Um, well, uh, I've heard, <laughs> and that it takes ten thousand. Something to do with brain neuro chemistry or something. <laughs> a lot, I think, is the answer. Or, or, I don't think it's so linear, actually. Um, and that's partly if we go back to me harping on about this body sense and the samadhi, etc. The deeper the samadhi, in other words, the deeper the sense of quietness and openness and harmonization of the being, the uh, the m- much greater the the chance of an insight that you have really taking deep, deep root in the soil of the being. So I can say, I can throw out a thing like that, and and if you're agitated, and even in the middle of agitation, yes, yes, I know, that makes sense, of course, that's right, it doesn't make any difference at all. And being gets really quite swipe, that's why we keep saying, go where it's easy, really develop that, let it get quiet, you know, when it can, it's not always going to be like that. But something happens to the, the soil of the consciousness at those quiet times. The same insight, and that insight in that moment might not even look very remarkable or feel very remarkable. In other words, intensity is not a marker of, of how deep an insight goes. I had this wow, fantastic experience, or this awful thing that I just went through, and then I saw, and it was like an explosion, and, and, the, and the lightning came, and the heaven, you know. <laughs> and it's like, great. And then half an hour later, you know. <laughs> um, so and sometimes intensity goes with lasting insight, and sometimes it really doesn't. I might just see, I'm just sitting, and the samadhi has gone deep, and things are opening up, and I'm just looking at a little niggle in my back. It's really not even that painful. And I'm just seeing that it takes me to make a problem out of it, and that by itself it's not a problem. And the shift, even from the amount of suffering to the release of that suffering, is not even that dramatic. But I, I've, it could be that one's seen it really, really deeply, and that stays in the heart as something very powerful, because one's un, uh, un, unpacking, unbinding the sense of, of what reality is. We're beginning to do that. So it may be intense, it may be not intense, etc. But um, problem is dependent on the mind state. Um, so, actually related to that, today is absolutely beautiful day so far. Um, beautiful light and stillness. And uh, the last few days have not been that. They've been cold and rainy and windy and all that. <coughs> uh, one teacher I had was very influential for me. Um, he said sometimes if it's cold and raining and you don't feel like going for a walk go for a walk if you're hungry don't eat and if you're tired late at night don't go to bed yet and a person can hear that and say 
That's not kindness. <laughs> That's not kindness. I want to be cozy. I want to wrap myself in the coat and take, take care of myself. So we're missing something there. We're missing something. Let's see where this lands. Oftentimes we don't see that there's aversion around. Uh, you look outside on a day not like today and it looks cold and rainy and just the air is wet and everything. And there's aversion to that. And I think if I go out, I'll get soggy and it'll be damp and cold and unpleasant. And there's aversion to that. Or sometimes even with tiredness, there's a sense of, I don't like this feeling of tiredness. There's aversion to the tiredness. That is, <coughs> that aversion is a non-openness of heart. Do you see that has everything to do with love? I'm not sure if it's obvious. <laughs> it has everything to do with love. When, when the heart is open... Uh, first of all, energy comes in, in terms of tiredness, but also the heart being open is the same as aversion getting less. It's just it's maybe not obvious. I'm seeing some people look puzzled there. So we tend to think of, of the heart being open having to do with this sense of kindness towards beings and, and softness, etc. And da da da. But actually, uh, when there's aversion to something like cold, windy rain. There's a closing of the heart. Pay, pay it, check it out. Maybe don't just believe me. Check it out. Explore. When you feel like you don't want to go outside, what state is the heart in? Actually check with your heart center, right in the center of the chest. Is it open or closed? Just check. Check it out. So Again, love is bigger than we think it is. It doesn't fit into this little image that I might have. Would you say the same for clinging and attachment? Yes. Yeah, generally, yeah. It's a little, maybe a little more complicated, but yeah. It's kind of pretty cool going to sleep sometimes as well. Right? Going to sleep is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, we like, need to sleep. When you get into bed and you're like, this is so cool. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? It's, it's like, oh, I really like Yeah, all <laughs> of Of course. And then eating when we're hungry, of course. And uh, staying in with a cosy cup of tea when it's cold. All, all of that. So, again, if I go back to what I said at the beginning, it's like, there's not a right and a wrong here. What I'm interested in is, I are, am I questioning the, the habitual ways I relate to things and the habitual ways I, I, I assume around things. Do, do you understand? So, uh, of course we need to sleep, of course we need to, you know, and it's lovely to enjoy that at the end of the day, just lying there, etc. Um, uh, and, and we like warmth, and that's why we build houses and buildings, you know, obviously. Um, but s some, something in here can get contracted in a way that we wouldn't even make the connection with love. Do you, you understand? We wouldn't even we just don't even think of the two together. I don't even think of that having anything to do with this, and it does. It absolutely does. And all I need is an honesty and an openness and a sensitivity to to how this is all feeling, and I'll start to notice that. Um. Is it kind of a container again, containing the experience? Which is is to to stay uh, up when you're tired. Um, maybe put it this way: uh, when there's aversion, let's say around, we either uh, get dragged along. 
by that aversion. It tells us what to do. And in telling us what to do, aversion is a movement of closing. We're closing the heart, we're closing the consciousness, we're closing. Yeah? Do, do you see that? Do you see that aversion is closing? When we go along with what aversion says, aversion says, don't go out there, you might get, you might get wet. <laughs> you know? um, uh, aversion, there's a closing. We go along with that closing of what it says to do. And, and how do we end up feeling? We end up feeling more closed. And, and I say, well, I want to have the love, but I don't want to... <laughs> Maybe I can't have one without the other. So, and so it's tired at night, and of course, you know, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to um, open things up a little bit here, and the questioning. Um, and it's, it's a similar thing. Tiredness comes, and there's a sense of wanting to close down. You know, when we go to sleep, we're actually closing down. We're closing out the world, hunkering down, curling up, and, and closing everything, which, of course, can be a movement of kindness, and is. And yet that closing down, it's like, well, what am I... If I'm going along with it, I'm just closing, mm. and I close the whole system down, and, and right here in the heart as well. If I don't, then actually um, it's possible. May, you know, you're free to play with all of this as, as you wish or not, and, and there may be some discoveries here that um, may be late, and I stay up, and actually, if the heart opens more, you know, maybe everyone else has gone to bed, and I'm just working, and the heart starts to open. Suddenly, I have more energy. Now, where did that come from? It's just to do with the aversion opening or closing. When the aversion is there, <coughs> closes the being, closes the energy system. We feel tired. <coughs> uh, now, not to make too too big of a deal of this, because, like I said, the heart. Uh, opens and closes all day long. The energy system opens and closes all day long. That's normal. That's completely normal. Do you think, sorry to bump in, do you think that's a key area where aversion arises in the heart centre? Um, every time there's aversion, it will affect the heart centre. Right. No question. And every time the heart centre is closed, there's likely to be some aversion causing that and, and resulting from that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the heart, but not to make too big a deal, heart opens and closes all day long, many times, many times, most of the night as well. Um, and we want to understand the influence that has. When the heart is closed, things look, I feel a certain way, etc. When that opens, it, that changes. And also, we can support some of the conditions here. Like I said, we can actually start questioning things and playing with things somewhat differently. Um, so are you saying if you notice that you're feeling a bit contracted and painful, one response might be, right, I'm going to open my heart, <laughs> out I go, and you could end up with a feeling trying to force yeah. something yeah. open. Yeah. So you're saying, you know, you're saying, not obviously, that wouldn't be a wise thing to do, uh, I, but yeah. you might want to play. Yeah. Um, you might want to play. For- forcing rarely works. Sometimes forcing works, you know, but it's like, I mean, it just... So many examples of it. You know, I'm in an interview with someone, and they're quite upset about something, uh, and and you know they're working with it, and then they say, "I think I'm going to just." Uh, this is quite quite com- relatively common. They say, "I think I'll just go and get under the covers now." They say, and I understand, you know, it feels vulnerable, etc. And sometimes my sense that's completely the wrong thing. It's completely the wrong thing. Actually, what they're doing is shutting something down there. Um, and what might be actually as good is to to go for a walk and op- open something up. 
um, or just the fact that I don't feel like it, and then I do it, it can it can reverse that movement of the contraction. It's not a forcing. It's just it's more like opening things out and experimenting. I have this view, and it just seems so obvious that what I need to do is hunker down with a cup of tea and a, and, a, and and be all you know, come do this, and that looks like kindness. Um, and 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 maybe there's something about opening up the whole thing. So, so if you know, I never intended to talk more than about two minutes. But <laughs> 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 Here we are. It's obviously. Hitting a nerve here. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not. There's not a right way and a wrong way. It's the third time I'm saying this. What I'm more interested in is how open are you to questioning. That's what matters. That's what matters to me. Someone could always be. You know, they're from the SAS or whatever, and they always go out in the rain, and they always push themselves, and they always force. Great. They might need to work a little bit on the coziness factor. And it's like, well, look, I need to look at myself, and what's my pattern? I always go for the, the cosy cup of tea in the early night, and the da-da-da-da, and, the, and the, you know, whatever. And it's like, if that's the pattern, am I closing myself without even realizing, and I've just gotten used to it? So for me, always what's more important is how open and alive is, is your questioning. That's it. Where you end up in terms of result, I actually I don't care at all. I really don't care. What I care about is, is the aliveness of the questioning. And that makes all the difference. All the difference. It's so easy to go through life, um, you know, driven by certain uh, movements inside ourselves without even being conscious of what they are and how much they constrict us. So easy. And until I start opening to that and questioning and trying different things, it's like, there it goes, you know. And the days go by, and the years go by, and the decades go by. So, <laughs> what's interesting that uh, lasted longer, but um, just I really point, wanted to point out as as is this question of heart openness is um, is maybe touches on more than we think it does in terms of what what love is and what kindness is and how the heart. Opens. Yeah. Just what Catherine was saying last night, you know, that follows on from that, she also talked about we were doing, we were going to be doing the two practices yeah. kind of alongside of yeah. each other. I thought you might have said something about you saying in a sitting we do meta and then we use yeah. what Catherine was talking yeah. about as well. Yeah, thank you, Jane. So here's the deal. Um, I, uh, that's why I said at the beginning I'm not sure whether to split this into two today. So it's now 11.30. I, I can talk a little bit about that other practice. I could do that now um, or later, but the day's a little tight for just in terms of my scheduling today. <coughs> but um, what, what's your preference? I'm, I'm happy either one. I'm certainly happy to talk a bit more now. Or have you kind of had enough? What's that? Later would be my preference. I don't know. Why don't I come back at four o'clock and really speak briefly then, and then I probably need to be elsewhere, but um, I'll just try and keep it brief at four. Does that sound okay? Mm-hmm. And, and just um, 
be quite specific about how to work with that other practice for now. Is that is that okay? Yeah. yeah? Okay. So why don't we um, why don't we sit now? Finding your way into your posture, filling out the posture with sensitivity, with awareness. when you feel ready, just wherever it feels easiest. And in the course of the day today, taking some time to really explore, allowing the metta to open and to be unbounded, to touch all beings. As always, allowing the playfulness, the creativity, the responsiveness to come into the practice. And finding what works for you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.